Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, this is Paul Blackthorn. I play Captain Quentin Lance on that TV show, Arrow. And you are listening to DC Primetime on Next Level. Enjoy. Welcome to issue 26 of DC Primetime here. Uh, I am going to say right here on the Next Level Podcast Network, because it is, of course, part of the Next Level Podcast Network. Uh, but from the showcast on the Podcast Network, uh, a.k.a. Next Level, I am Ben Beck. And from Caffeine Crew, I am Rob Martin. And that was a little odd of an intro, but we're going to go with it anyway. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Again, we are in the off-season of the DC shows that we discuss, but we are still trying our best to bring you weekly content uh, so that you don't get bored and mainly so that you don't forget about us. We're not going to lie. (laughs) Not going to lie. But of course, um, again, we're going to bring you some stuff this week, including... Basically, we're going to talk to you... We're going to talk about the... uh, uh, The four-part crossover coming to the four shows uh, that we discussed last week. We're going to probably discuss what we know so far and what we want to see, basically, what we expect from this. Uh, but before we do that, one of the things we want to discuss is there has been a new trailer released for a upcoming DVD Blu-ray release. And I was not expecting this. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere in the middle of the week. Yeah. Um, but we're going to do our typical rating of sidekick hero and legend for this trailer. Uh, Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about what this trailer was? So it kind of caught us off guard. I mean, it's even difficult to even kind of say how stunned I was, but all of a sudden there was a shot. I believe it was, I saw it originally on comic book movie of the 1966 Bill Dozier Batman. And it was Batman and Robin. And uh, it was like animated feature coming soon. And I'm like, wait, huh? What's going on? <laughs> like this yep. wasn't in the listings for San Diego Comic-Con, all this stuff. So we cl- uh, you know, click on the link and watch the trailer. And lo and behold, voiced by Adam West, Burt Ward. And they're laying in a giant oversized TV dinner that is lo- like slowly making its way into an oven. <laughs> and uh, them just kind of talking about their new film coming out called Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders, which was awesome. Yes. <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> um, and it was campy and cheesy, and it had all of the feel, uh, like, or feel, not feel. So uh, feel of the old 66 show. Like, beautifully, beautifully done. Looks great. I mean, the only thing that kind of took me back a little bit was Adam West's voice, he sounds so old. He does, and I, I and was going to address that. Yeah, yeah, and when you watch watch this trailer, it's kind of weird watching it because you're looking at this very iconic version of this character that a lot of us knew from our childhood, syndica- like watching in syndication, and it was weird hearing this super, super old, old, old Batman. Oddly enough, though, Burt Ward still sounds identical to how he sounded. He does. So, which is kind of funny because they're both uh, 
I forget how old the two of them are nowadays, but they're getting up there. I yeah, know they're, that they're very much up there. I mean, Adam West has either got to be in his very late seventies, early eighties. I would assume at this he point. is eighty-seven. Eighty-seven, almost yes. ninety years old. So, and Burt Ward is seventy-one. Seventy-one. Okay, so yeah, it's a. Uh, it was pretty crazy seeing that, but I, I gotta say, I'm really, really excited about this. Like, uh, they, yeah. go ahead. No, I was I was just gonna say, I, I am too. I'm really excited. I mean, and the funny thing, it's not just the two of them coming back, but Julie Newmar is coming back, and it most likely, I would assume, is playing Catwoman. So that's kind of awesome. But I'm kind of wondering what they're going to do with this. I, I have a feeling this is going to be like an animated sequel to the 66 movie, more than likely. That would be kind of cool if that's what they're doing, because, I mean, like you said, we go back to, you know, Adam West as this version of Batman that we know from our childhoods, and it even extends into now, because I, I have that version, that Batman movie on blu-ray and i still go back and i watch it every once in a while oh i do too i mean it's just it's so iconic it's like those stupid things like sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb and you know i love that moments i mean (laughs) they're you know the the bat shark repellent that we all joke about and laugh about all the time too so it's really amusing um but yeah one of the things that they kind of bring up a little bit in the blu-ray was or not the Blu-ray, uh, the trailer for everything was kind of talking that all these villains were going to come into play. It sounded like the Penguin, Joker, Riddler. So more than likely, I, my guess is really this is going to be a follow-up in, you know, animation form to the original movie. Yeah, I, I and and you know what? I can, I'd be fine with that if that's the case. I mean, and there's some amazing voice actors out there that can do those, like that Frank Gorshin Riddler and like, Burgess Meredith is the Penguin, Cesar Romero is the Joker. So there's people that can fill into those roles. I haven't seen a full casting list. It's not even up on a wiki or IMDb yet as far as who's playing what. So I'm kind of curious on how this is going to play out. But the funny thing about all this is, too, this is coming a lot faster than any of us expected. This is coming out on VOD on October 11th of this year and then on Blu-ray and DVD on November 1st. So big shock, big surprise. Um, and I believe this is coming up to the 50th anniversary of the show. Uh, it would, it would make sense if that's one of the reasons why they're doing this. Uh, yeah. Cause the show did run 1966 and 1968. So yeah, it is the 50th anniversary yeah. of the show. So. Um, uh, I, the only, yeah, the only casting I see is that it is confirmed that Julie Newmar is playing Selena Kyle. Uh, which is good because that was that would be the role that we would expect. Uh, but the only other casting yeah, is Adam West and Burt Ward. Nobody else has been cast or has been announced, at least. You would figure the casting would have to have been done by now. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's uh, coming out that soon, the the voice like, uh, blah, oh, my God, I can't talk today. Uh, <laughs> the voice work's got to be done by now. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely has to be done by now. Um, this seems like they're probably holding it until they have maybe supplemental features done and then they'll probably do a small rollouts. But. It was a it was a wonderful surprise this week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I wonder, like, they had to keep this silent for a while. This had to be under wraps for a while. Well, I know they mentioned that there was potential for um, a couple animated features potentially coming for the old 66 Batman show. And everybody was like, kind of like, oh, that'd be cool if they did it. But I don't think anybody, you know, really saw this coming. Uh, You got to say, though, too, the characters look phenomenal. Like, they look dead on. Um, I mean, I just can't wait to see, you know that classic car, even if it's an animated form and having them hop in and saying their iconic phrases as everything is kicking off. You know? Yes. Yeah. I, my, I, I'm hoping to, 
like just by, for what we saw, we we only saw Batman and Robin in the trailer, and they do they look great. They look just like the 1966 versions of them. Uh, I can't wait to see the Cesar Romero versions of like Joker and Penguin and all those guys because I love those classic looks of those characters. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they look like as well. Uh, I'm wondering if this was a scene from the movie and they just did a completely different voiceover for it because that's what it seems like. It could very well be that. I mean, I think it would be amazing, though, too, if that was just for the trailer. But, I mean, it was so cheesy, and I loved every second of it. It was yeah. so wonderful. I mean, we're, get, we're not going to know until the movie is released uh, whether or not that's actually a scene from the movie or if they did just do that for the trailer. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's not that far off, so maybe we'll try to squeeze in a little mini review of that because, I mean, there, I'm sure that's not going to be a massive, huge talking point, especially with all the shows kicking back off at that time frame. But we'll definitely maybe give that a small... Uh, a nice small uh, review when it kicks around. Oh, yeah, for sure. So. Uh, but for right now, the trailer itself, we will do our rating of sidekick, hero, or villain. And, Rob, we will start with you. Not villain. <laughs> oh, not villain, legend. I do there that all go. the time. It's okay. It's okay. Might as well get that flub out now before the show start back up. Yeah, seriously. We got to get <laughs> get back into the swing of things. It's, it's been like it's hard finding stuff to talk about right now because, well, we have another year of this to do as well. So we got to we can't blow everything this this offseason. Yeah, we have to make sure we have stuff for the other <laughs> offseason for the next offseason, too. Oh, man. Uh, but yeah. But trailer um, rating. OK, uh, I'm going to definitely say legend. Um, everything about it just made me happy. It made me smile. Um, it had that. Like the over overdrawn, you know, death traps and, you know, and just hearing those characters there and seeing that again, it brought me back to my childhood. Yeah, I'm right there in the same boat. It's a legend for me as well. There was just when I first saw the news article and I clicked on it and I started listening to the trailer, I think I started watching the trailer. I, I think I had just a huge smile on my face the entire time. And it was it was awesome. So uh, for sure, it's a legend for me as well. So uh, but the main point of con- not contention, but the main point of focus for this ep- issue of DC Primetime. I'm starting to flub words now, too. Um, I- I'm on a I'm on a meat high right now from from my weekend um, from where I went to dinner. But anyway, uh, the four part crossover is going to be happening, I think, in October or is it November? They had announced. I think it's November, actually. I would assume it's probably November. I would be surprised if they did it that early, um, especially because usually more than likely that's going to be obviously the front half of the season. Um, but I can't imagine that's going to be their uh, their kind of breaking point for a midseason break. So you don't think it's going to be the midseason break? Um, no, I, I don't think so, because usually we've been seeing some major moments, especially last year, too, of the crossovers took place maybe like a week or two before that, like that way they have their very show specific moments that are their cliffhangers to get us to the next part of the season. Damn it. Stupid trailers. Um, yeah, I'm looking now cause I thought I had heard that it was going to be the, actually the mid season finale was going, that's what it was going to be. But maybe I was wrong in what I heard. I well, don't know. Well, like I said, I can do some skimming for it right now and see if we can find anything. But uh, as far as everything is concerned right now, what is your thought process as far as the crossover? What do you want to see? I mean, we already knew Supergirl is the focal point of the crossover. Um, I, I'm waiting to see because I like I, I have a lot of ideas for what we could possibly see. We already know at this point that 
at some point in the in the show, um, whether it's from the very start or towards the end, that these universes are combining. Uh, we already know that Supergirl's universe, uh, the the Earth that Supergirl is a part of, is now going to be part of Earth One. Uh, or Earth Prime, rather, because of the events of Flashpoint, uh, which I actually think is a very brilliant move. Um, it's not anything that we were really, I was even thinking about, because um, I had always, I was always under the impression, well, how are they going to involve this crossover? Is there still going to be um, crossing over into different Earths? And it makes me wonder if possibly, now that we know that Earth you know, Earth 3 or Earth 4, whatever Earth Supergirl and Superman were a part of, is now going to be part of Earth Prime. Um, are we even really going to see any crossovers into other Earths this season? Because there hasn't really been any mention of that. Well, we actually know, at least in Flash, there definitely will be, because there's going to be a, at least a two or three part um, series of this season that's going to be taking place in Gorilla City, which I believe is in Earth 2. So we do know they're going back there at some point. Or is this just another situation where the Earths could have merged? Well, I do think it's very possible. I mean, it's the question of what happens to this world right now based on Flashpoint. We know it sounds like Supergirl's Earth is indeed becoming part of Earth 1 or Earth Prime, whatever you want to refer to it as. So that makes you wonder if the rest of the multiverse is getting folded in as well. Um, my guess is it's not going to be all the Earths. I think it's only going to be a couple. Um that way they can have some things to play with because can you imagine all of a sudden Gorilla City and Atlantis now existing in this world? I mean, it would be awesome, but I don't know if that's something that they're ready to tackle. Okay. I mean, I, yeah, I, I could see that as well because I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, that definitely adds a lot of new stories that can be added. But I mean, even with all, with the addition of all the other casting that we've seen from Magenta to Top to Mirror Master and everything, like where are all these people coming from? Is what's making me wonder, you know, if multiple other Earths have now folded into Earth Prime. Well, I mean, I still think that the classic Flash rogues are always have been part of this world. I don't think anybody's anything special uh, or has been shifted away from a different Earth into this one. I think we're going to definitely see those new characters, just people that are coming out of the woodwork still. Okay. Um, whether they came from Central City from the Particle Accelerator or if they were from maybe Kara's world. And there was a similar thing that happened there, you know, um, but I, I still think they're they're all going to be, you know, locked into being from our Earth at this point. OK, it makes sense. Um, as far as my ideas for the four part crossover, um, I'm thinking I, I want to say that actually sort of like the part, the three part crossover that happened last season that launched Legends of Tomorrow um, I'm actually thinking that a lot of it is going to center around John Barrowman's character. I'm thinking it's going to be Malcolm Merlin. Um, we know that Malcolm Merlin is going to be a part of all four shows. We don't know in what capacity yet or to how much he's going to be involved in other shows. Uh, but I'm thinking that somehow Malcolm Merlin is going to be uh, in Kara's world. And uh, and basically when I say Kara's world, I just mean the city since we know it's going to be part of the same earth now. Um, and she's going to go to those guys for help because she's not familiar with Malcolm Merlin, but they are. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it could be something along those lines. I actually wouldn't be surprised if it's not just Malcolm Merlin, but I think it might be the entire Legion of doom. I mean, this could make a lot of sense. Well, because um, they're familiar with all of those characters. Right. I yeah. mean, I think it's the Legion of doom is going to probably be the ones involved and it's her dealing with them, having to 
pull in the help of the other teams because we do know, at least for Legends of Tomorrow at this point, that one of the focal points that they mentioned in their synopsis was the Legends have been scattered. This gives them maybe three, four episodes in the start of their 12-episode arc to re-pull the team together alongside the JSA, get to know the JSA, and then maybe at that point in time, the crossover hits. Here's your big bads being unleashed for what Legends of Tomorrow is going to be for the rest of the season. Um, and then it spreads into the universe of everybody else. Yeah. Um, I mean, and not only that, but I mean, I think, as you mentioned, with it being the entire Legion of Doom, uh, I, I think, uh, and obviously that's what we're calling them. I don't know if that's what the show is calling them yet. I think that might have just been the nickname for them when they were announced as the four baddies for the show. More um, than likely. So I don't know if, if, if that's what they're calling them. It would be great if at some point that like Cisco or somebody nicknames them that. Oh, I think I, I'm pretty sure we can see that coming. Yeah, just uh, as a nod. But if you think about it, if that's what the if that's what the element of the four part crossover is, it's going to be a really awesome moment for comic book fans and fans of these characters because it's going to turn out being the Legion of Doom almost versus a mini version of the Justice League. Because you're going to have Superman, you're going to have Supergirl, you're going to have Green Arrow, you're going to have the Flash. Like these are all members, with the exception of Supergirl, these are all members of the Justice League. Yeah. Well, actually, that's a good question right there. Um, what is your over under, you think, right now of Superman appearing in this crossover? I think uh, I think if they're smart, I don't have a problem with them bringing him in to this uh, into this four part crossover. The focus has to remain on Kara. Um, they can't overuse him. I think maybe a couple minutes just to kind of fly in, help out with the situation and then fly off. Uh, like he has dealings in Metropolis or something like that. So he's not able to help. I'm, I'm okay with them bringing him in for a couple minutes, but the moment you bring him into the fold and join the rest of the group and you give him more attention than Kara, you're taking away from Supergirl. You're taking oh, I, away from the show itself. I absolutely think so too. I think they would, it would be smart if they were to do something kind of like they did at the end of season one of Supergirl is you have him debilitated in some way in shape and form in the beginning of this because it's going to start on Supergirl. Take him out of the equation. Have him involved in the very beginning and take him out of the equation. Yeah. I think that could be a smart thing. Actually, something that could be also interesting is if you need a big villain, why not have Superman um, under the effects of Red Kryptonite and the League has to take him down? Uh, that's not bad either. I, I I could totally see that. I mean, because we do know, like, he's not going to be a... I don't think he's going to be a steady character throughout the entire season. Uh, but he is going to be making appearances all in the first two episodes, at least, we know. And I think he's going to be, throughout the season, making those appearances. I love the idea that they're bringing him in. But like I said, I, I don't want to see them take away from Kara. Uh, yeah. that, that was one of my main points of contention with the first season, is that there were times that Alex seemed more seemed stronger than Kara. Oh, yeah, I think that's a big thing that we both agreed on and we talked pretty heavily about in the annual. Um, and I think, yeah, you're right. They they really have to keep focus on her. But now we also have all these other characters. If you think about Flash, Arrow, uh, Supergirl, and Legends, like Legends, we now have the JSA. Um, Arrow, we have a whole new crop of vigilantes joining the fray. We've got Miss Martian now on Supergirl. Uh, and then on Flash, we have no idea yet. Um, yeah <laughs> what's yeah. what's coming is kid flash gonna be involved in this all these things we now have this massive massive roster of characters and the question is where do they fit into this crossover um i think i would like them to slow down a little bit and focus on the primary heroes from these stories like the give us the primary legends 
leave the JSA out. You know, give us the primary arrow cast, whoever's the main focus points in the show at that point in time, the leads of the Flash, and then, you know, I would say Martian Manhunter and Supergirl. Well, as, as far as this crossover goes, again, <clears throat> you mentioned it's a massive four-part, it's, it's a massive cast of characters from these four-part characters. The way I would, in all honesty, the way I would like to see this handled um, is... We, we obviously know it's going to start on Supergirl. It's going to go over to Flash, then to Arrow, and then to... Or do I have Arrow? No, I have Arrow and Flash, right? Correct? It's yeah, Flash first sure. and then Arrow. Um, it's going to start on Flash, going to start on Supergirl, cross over to Flash, then Arrow, then to Legends. Um, I w- what I would like to see is if Supergirl... If Superman is going to be a part of this, stay on Supergirl. Once the episode of Supergirl ends, that's the last we see of Superman for this four-part crossover. Yeah, uh, we don't need him in Flash. We don't need him in Arrow. We don't need him in Legends. Uh, I mean, unless of course it goes the way that you mentioned, and that he kind of is under the control of the league, then obviously we kind of you would have to see him cross over. But I mean, I, I want to see as far as the secondary characters. As much as I love them, like I love Cisco and and Caitlin, uh, you know, I love Echo Column and Mister Terrific and Felicity and all these people. I want to see the secondary characters stay on their show. I don't need to see, unless it's absolutely imperative to the storyline, I don't need to see them show up on the other shows with a cast this big. Um, I, I want to see Flash and Arrow and maybe one or two of the Legends cross over to Supergirl um, or even just one of the Legends at this point cross over to Supergirl to start and kick off this entire storyline. When it goes over to Flash, then we can see Caitlin and Cisco and and everybody, uh, and you know Doctor Wells and Kid Flash and all those people. We can see that massive amount of characters. Supergirl and Oliver come over with them. Then it goes to Arrow, where Supergirl Barry comes over along with this member of the the legends goes over to arrow and we see all these secondary characters like mr terrific and felicity and and all these other characters and then finally it crosses over to legends where now we bring together the legends to join with the flash and arrow and supergirl to finish off what this story is yeah i think that makes the most sense um, because I mean, when you if you are constantly bringing over these secondary characters, I think you're taking away some of the focus of the mains. Yeah, I mean, it's also possible too if you were looking at it in another angle. I mean, if you think about this, this is four shows, each of them you know taking up an hour on network television, so 42 minutes each. So you put four of them together, and you have a feature length film, and maybe you yeah you just get out of, get it out of the way, start the plot with Kara. You bring everybody in, and then you handle everybody the way you would a motion picture. You, you have your main main cast, and then as they go into each show, when they're jumping city to city to deal with whatever threat, like you said, you handle the supporting cast at that point. Yeah. Because you have to look at it as from what we know right now, too, from Flashpoint's effects on Supergirl, they've always been a part of this world. So if you treat it like these people are not really meeting Supergirl for the first time, they know who she is, but it's their first maybe direct meeting with her. Where they're like, oh, we we've always heard about you because Flashpoint tells us you've always existed. Yeah. So you get all that stuff out of the way. So I, I my guess is when this hits, I, I'm going to say most likely this is going to be maybe episode five or six in for each show. Um, You think it's going to be that early, huh? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I think I know what it is, is Legends is the weird one in the mix because Legends is only 12 episodes this season. 
So yeah, so it's going to have to be relatively early as far as as Legends goes. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised with Legends having such a short season that they're not waiting to show that until mid-season. And I, actually, yeah, I mean, and not only that, if you think about it, as when we knew that production had finally started on Arrow, at, at least, um, and then we started seeing the pictures of, you know, the of the crossover stuff, of everybody's boots together in the scene and everything, it really wasn't far long into production. Yeah, it was usually it was maybe a week to two weeks into production. And I mean, I'm sure a lot of that has to do with scheduling and they're probably shooting around all of their schedules currently. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. It's like, hey, well, we need to do this set piece for like oh, another Wild West episode for Legends. So they're going to be in this side of Vancouver for this. And maybe we're going somewhere else in Canada and then we have to do the Metropolis set. So everybody's here and it's just where in conjunction everybody's filming. I think it's maybe bits and pieces are being shot, but I still would be surprised if this is a midseason thing. Yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Um I know I'm looking forward to it. That's that's yeah. what I know for sure more than anything else. Um but I mean I you know, I mentioned what I thought that I would like to see come out of it uh come out of it. But what like what about you? What would be your ultimate idea of like I, what you would like to see? I really think I would love to see that like evil Superman that like Flash, Arrow, Supergirl and the some of the Legends team have to take down. I think that could be so much fun especially on the show, if that they're willing to bring a character in like Superman, if you're going to bring him in, put this this much focus on him if for him being involved in the show. We've seen some iconic shots already just from the set photos of him already. Why not use that? I mean, this is something that I think DC needs to do right now. I mean, so like we both walked away enjoying Suicide Squad. Um, Keep brand awareness happening across everything because we've got some time until Justice League is going to hit. And these characters are going to be out there again. This is a great time on TV to make people so aware of your brand, make them enjoy these characters and do the best thing you can do. And if you're going to basically do a feature length film on TV across almost a week, this is the best thing you can do is have Superman be a part of that and make them the, make him the bad guy. I think it's a great idea. Make him the bad guy. And that way it shows all these other heroes that are coming to the task of stopping, you know, the Man of Steel. And then you can have this great moment at the end of him, uh, end of that show where all the characters can interact with Superman for the first time in a positive way. And you have Jeff Johns there from the start. And you, this is, I think, a taste of what's to come potentially with the DC films. And I think this is the best way to do it. OK, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Do you think that... Um, having the Legion of Doom involved is is smart and maybe just kind of like background, or do you think it should just be this evil version of Superman? Uh, I would say you do the evil version of Superman for the first three episodes. The end of the third episode, they convert him back to traditional Superman, like, you know, the big blue Boy Scout. And then them figuring out something in the plot thread at the end of episode three on who was behind all of it, and it's the Legion of Doom. There's your introduction to Legends of Tomorrow's big bads for the season that they're going to deal with them because they have the JSA on their side now and just involve them into the mix. And they just it's them stopping some of their biggest adversaries in one shot. I mean, like you saw that team up with uh, Flash and Supergirl and how much fun was that? Even that's sm two small fight sequences we got to see. Yeah, um, I think if you get to involve everybody in this all out battle between like Malcolm Merlin, Captain Cold. The reverse flash and who was the last one? Um, <laughs> I did the same thing last oh week. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, you missed reverse flash and uh, yeah. I got him and now I can't remember. Damien so. Dark. 
Damian Dark. Damian Dark. I did um, the same but, thing last week. I mean, it would make so much sense. You could have Damian Dark use some because Superman's has one of his downfalls is magic. He is susceptible to magic. Damian Dark is the one controlling him. It would work. Yeah. You could easily get away with that without having to do some weird mind control chip or any kind of cheesy comic book trope and just use one of Superman's weaknesses against him for the show. I mean, like he's susceptible to magic. You have have Damian Dark do that. They have a, you know, somebody that has that in their roster for the bad guys. Use that as a catalyst and go. And I think that's a right way to do it. I um I honestly just got a chill. Uh, thinking about something that will be very, very awesome to see. Uh, and when it comes to these four-part crossovers, if uh, if the storyline plays out as you have described it, which we don't know yet, it's the f- we, we have no details other than these characters are going to be involved. We don't even know if Superman is going to be involved at all. He could not be. Um, <clears throat> but I just got to chill imagining Superman in the Arrow Cave. Oh, yeah. Um. Along with Supergirl in the Arrow Cave or Supergirl in Star Labs, you know, uh, like just seeing these characters together on the sets of the other shows. I'm I'm, like, I got a a nice chill just thinking about it. Like, I'm genuinely intrigued. And at the same time, I'm so stoked for this. Um, But I, I, I want this crossover to play out as if. We could start from like these four episodes. We could remove them from their seasons. Now, not to say like we could remove them from their seasons and we could fill in the gaps and like kind of close in the rest of the season and this doesn't involve it. But I want these episodes to play out and be so smooth that in essence, we could take each of these episodes out, edit out commercials, edit out, you know, credits and everything, edit them together back to back and it would just flow like a movie. Oh, yeah. And I can't wait because, like, you know, somebody's going to have that up on a torrent or something within, you know, that Friday. Oh, I'll do day. it myself. Yeah. I mean, and I can't wait to do that because that's just going to be so much fun. It's like I said, this it's fun, silly, like just enjoyable, campy, you know, movie to watch of all these characters that we've grown to love over the last couple of years. And I think it's this is something very, very special. The fact that they're doing this makes me so happy. I mean. I don't honestly even care what the plot is as long as it's fun and we get to hear these characters interact with each other and see them interact, have their, you know, rotating cast members in the background, just have fun quipping like they always do and see some fun action. And I think that's all we need to see. Yeah. So it's it's going to be very interesting. Like I said, as long as the flow, it's like you said, too, it doesn't matter what the plot is as long as it's fun and it flows. I'm happy. It, it doesn't take a lot to appease me when it comes to these shows. I mean, look, uh, look at Arrow. Arrow hasn't exactly been its strongest these past couple seasons, but I've still enjoyed it. it. It hasn't taken anything away. I haven't come close to saying, oh, I'm I'm done watching this show because I've read comments online of people who when they killed off Laurel or, you know, when they brought in killer bees or whatever, just stupid examples who have so, come so close to like, I'm never watching this show again and everything else. You're being too critical. I have never, I've been disappointed in many episodes. I've never come anywhere close to saying I'm not watching this show anymore. Uh, I, I'm on the other side of that. I, I, know, I was actually I, pretty close a couple times <laughs> to be like, I think I'm done. Um, and then what kept me going is this show. And I'm like, yeah. well, I got to stay involved. And then like they <laughs> do something like this, like where 
there's something fun on the horizon, and I always am willing to give them another shot. It's one of those things where you have like two seasons of a show that hasn't run that long that are kind of eh. I've stuck it out for other shows that have done that to me, too. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of positives on the last season of Arrow. Like the front half of that season was a lot of fun. And the back half really fell apart. Um, it was very similar to season three. There was a lot of fun one off episodes, but the overall plot of the season was kind of eh. And just knowing that with Arrow, at least that the flashbacks are pretty much kind of, you know, get slowing down drastically after this season. I'm really curious to see what they're going to do with this because they're well aware what the fan response to them have been. And I want to see them do something positive with that this year. Uh, they have a really good chance to turn it around. And if they can't do that this season, then I, I will ultimately agree. I think I'd rather put my attention towards Gotham because Gotham has been more enjoyable. Um, I mean, yeah, they do some stupid, silly shit, too. But um, the week to week storyline and what's playing out with all these characters, it has been a little bit more interesting than what the last two seasons of Arrow has been. Uh, the most fun that show has been is when it's actually involving itself with a lot of the other greater DC world as a whole. So, OK, um, I mean, I can I, I'm going out on a limb when I say this. Um, I honestly believe from everything that I've seen, from everything that has come out from the TSC, for, is that what it is? TSC? TCAs. Um, from everything that's come out from those press conferences, from everything that's come out from Comic-Con, from everything that's come out over Twitter and, and Instagram and everything from the cast and crew and everything, between all of that and what we've read and what we've reported on, I, I honestly believe that these are going to be, I think this is going to be the strongest year for these shows. And, um, and, that's, and that's no joke. I, I think Arrow's got a chance to be something very special. I think Supergirl is going to be something very special. Um, and Legends, I do too. I think the sophomore seasons for both Legends and Supergirl, like it knows its mis missteps it made. Um, the only show out of these that I that is a big X factor for me is The Flash. Um, I love that show. I adore that show. But you have to wonder how long the golden era of that show can last against everything else that's also running. I mean, one of the things that does make me a little nervous is we have another speedster as a bad guy, uh, as like one of the lead villains. He's got such a large group of rogues that I hate to see them falling back on that idea because I was pumped there, like Dr. Alchemy. And I'm like, oh yeah, and Savitar. And I'm like, who? And I had to go through my Rolodex of characters in my head. And I'm like, that guy? Really? And I'm like, please don't let him be the focus. Because I love Teddy Sears and Jay Garrick and the Zoom storyline thing that they did was a lot of fun. But a lot of times there was moments where I was watching that and I'm like, Reverse Flash arc was so much better, but I still enjoy this a lot. It was just, I hope that they don't fall back on that on season three, where Arrow, I think it knows the wrongs it made and is doing everything in its power to right them. Supergirl was finding itself still in season one, and now it feels like their shackles have been, you know, like you know, released from them, and they have the freedom to do a lot more now that they're on CW. They're on a network that understands it, knows what it wants to do. Legends had a bumpy start. It got involved in some odd things with the crossover. They had a, the wrong choice of bad guy. It was a little all over the place, and it, now it knows what it wants to do. So I think three of the four shows already have its direction. Flash, I trust, will do the right thing because it's constantly done the right thing. Yeah, I mean, and I agree with that. Like the the worrisome 
factor of having another speedster as a villain. I mean, but I've mentioned this in previous issues of, of DC Primetime before, too. I think one of the main reasons the writers do things like this is because of the fact that they're bringing in recognizable characteristics to these shows to keep the non-comic book, um, non, you know, the non-comic book fans appeased. Um, they're doing things, they're reaching in deep for the comic book fans, obviously, um, and bringing in Mirror Master and Top and things like that, um, you know, to keep them interested and to keep them intrigued. But you, you go with another speedster, um, even though one like Savitar, like I didn't know who Savitar was. And, um, you know, but you're, you're keeping it familiar with speedster versus speedster to kind of like appease to the people that don't read the comic books and things like that. You do that for the first couple seasons. And I said the same. I think I had talked about this in relation with Supergirl before because they were using a lot of Superman elements rather than going into the Supergirl mythos. And but you do what's familiar to keep the target audience of non-comic book fans appeased. And bring them in. And then once you have them invested in the first two or three seasons, now you can go deep into the mythos because now yeah. they're already involved. They're into it. They're 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 invested into this show. Yeah. I mean, honestly, what I my biggest hope is for Flash season four. It's not uh, like one or two bad guys. I think season four, I really, really hope at this point they they're introducing the last big equations to the rogues. It should be Flash versus the rogues from start to finish of season four. Um, that's purely what it should be. The core rogues group that we know of very well, you know, we're talking bring Heatwave back into the mix, pull him off of legends after this season, you know, rotate that cast, keep that going, get captain cold back into the mix. You now have mirror master at the top reverse flash is still around. Give us the classic rogues because that would be amazing to watch on flash. Yeah. They, they've done an amazing job building up those classic characters they're doing them in a great way, and I think that's a good direction. And that's also another thing that I could say is, for me, that could also be a big hope for that crossover. It's everybody versus Flash Rogues Gallery because he's got such a great Rogues Gallery in the comics, and I would love to see that too. Yeah, no, I agree with that completely. Um, as far as the other shows go, um, you know, obviously we're, we've announced that we are adding Gotham to the mix uh, starting in September when the shows come back. And are you caught up? yet are you completely finished no, i am still kind of coming off of my last three weeks of craziness and still kind of mentally recouping before i sit down and yeah. actually power through the last i think 12 episodes i gotta watch um but i mean i'm excited looking forward to it i've already talked to my wife and we we're like okay we're gonna finish this up in the next two weeks and she's like awesome no problem i was gonna say because you got two weeks before i know we start with <laughs> our Gotham exactly. annuals so yeah i mean I, i'll be i'll be ready for when we hit annual uh the annual next week for season one and then um uh, i'm looking forward to finishing season two next so. week or the week after i thought it was the week after uh, i think I it's, two, it's two weeks away i think two weeks away before we start the annuals yeah okay yeah because that because then this way it falls right before gotham begins yeah that's true so, so. next week will be something again it'll be something small <laughs> yeah um so we'll we'll figure out something fun to do for next week because i know last week we were just talking about basic news this week we're kind of stretching a topic thin, but we're also talking a little bit more along the lines of things that we're really hoping for for this upcoming season. Because, again, we're now in a slow news point. Um, and again, next week, I'm sure it's going to be the same thing. And then we'll be able to, you know, jumpstart things in the right way with, again, we'll, we'll do a nice little primer on, you know, Gotham season one, Gotham season two, be able to dive into Gotham 
And then maybe what we'll start doing as we lead up to the other shows is maybe we'll add one other show into the mix with the Gotham one. And we can say the story thus far for The Flash. Or yeah, Aaron. yeah, and, that, that works fine with me. And it's kind of like this is what we know going into the season. Uh, kind of like what we're talking about right now with uh, with this crossover and what our hopes, hopes and dreams are with that. But what we think is coming, where the season's left off as a reminding point. And then we'll, we'll, again, we'll, we'll quickly dive over those things again the week before their shows begin. But this Previ- way, previously it, on The Flash. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe instead of annuals, we'll just do previously on. Yeah, there you go. Probably we'll, not. We'll recap. The, <laughs> we'll recap the episode of Gotham, and then we will previously on. Yeah. Um. So. Cool. So you mentioned the news, and not as big of a news week as last week. There was a ton of news last week, in which we dedicated an entire issue just to DC news last week because there was so much, but still some new news this week. Uh, so let's go through before we wrap things up and we we head towards the end. Let's go through some of the news that came out this week. Okay. You want me to kick it off? Uh, yeah, you kick it off, and then I'll just I'll go with some of the stuff that I know. Okay. Um, well, we're going to start right into the Flash stuff right off the bat because that's probably the heaviest things that have happened this past week. So right now we have two pieces of casting news and a returning uh, character from last season coming back for season three. So right off the bat, we know that Ashley Rickards uh, has been cast as the top. So we are going to have a female version of the top joining the rogues, which is pretty awesome. Um, and also on top of that, Joey King, who was uh, seen on Fargo, and oddly enough, uh, not her second. Uh, this is now her second time in the DC universe. She actually was the uh, the actress that appeared as the young Talia Al Ghul in The Dark Knight uh, Returns. So she's been cast as Magenta. So we now have two additional people joining Mirror Master as Rogues this season. Uh, on in addition to that, we also know that Teddy Sears is indeed going to return in season three as the Black Flash. Yes, I'm so excited about this. Which does not come as a big shock because with Flashpoint, obviously Barry's mucking around the timeline quite a bit. And who better to track him down and kind of have him as the new embodiment of the, the time rates is now using the Black Flash. And I think this would could be a lot of fun. And my guess is we're going to see him. I don't know if we're going to see him in the front half of Flashpoint, but I think we're going to see him fall out a little later in the season. I, I'm just excited because I'm a big Teddy Sears fan. So from this yeah. past season, so I'm excited that we're going to see him come back, even if it's just for an episode. I'm I'm excited that we're going to see him come back. Yeah, and I'm really curious on how he's going to look, too. I know we had a great look of him at the end of it, but he was very CG'd, like the face. Yeah. With that zombie stuff. I'm wondering if they'll, they'll dive into some practical effects or if they're going to just uh, have him be the body for it. And then they'll just do some, you know, CG elements to uh, make him look a little bit more twisted. But um, I'm really excited to know that Black Flash will be involved in this season. So yes. As far as that, as we mentioned again earlier on, uh, as far as Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders, as a reminder, that comes out on VOD October 11th, DVD and Blu-ray on November 1st. Um, going over to the realm of Supergirl, we have seen the first shots of Linda Carter, the classic TV Wonder Woman, now on the set of Supergirl Season 2. As a reminder to everybody, Linda Carter is playing the President of the United States. So if we uh, know the world is folding, we I wonder if we're going to see Linda Carter in some of these other shows. So Well, I... I think she's the president of the United States, so I think it would only make sense if we see her at least in a television news report capacity. I, I think we're going to see her in some background shots on a lot yeah. of these other shows, uh, exactly. more than likely. And I love the fact that they stick with uh, News 52 uh, for the you know the multiverse yeah. still in the background. So I think that'd be kind of cool to see. Um, we also, if we're going into the realm of video games again real quick, 
Injustice 2, uh, we recently just got revealed the next two characters in the lineup, and obviously coming off of the heels of Suicide Squad, those characters being Deadshot and Harley Quinn. So <clears throat> I think that's a, a it's obviously a wise right decision to make sure these characters were included. Um, going into the movie realm, we also have a couple shots of Henry Cavill on the set of Justice League. Um, we did see something kind of iconic though too for the first time that we haven't seen that's something people have been clamoring for with this version of the character and we can finally can say the s curl is coming back which is kind of awesome um we also got a couple shots from cavill himself that he put i believe it was on his instagram or twitter but it was close-up shots of what appeared to be the kryptonian resurrection suit from the return of superman after the funeral for a friend ended so it looks like we have confirmation that the black suit will be in justice league which I'm, again, something else I'm actually makes me a little bit more excited for Justice League uh, because this is pretty much how the death of Superman played out in the comic book. So it's as long as he comes back, um, if he comes back in the black suit with a mullet, because that's what he had in the comic books, too. I don't know if I want to see the mullet. Maybe just long hair. I think the mullet could look a little weird uh, in today's day and age. That was okay. still kind of acceptable back then. But OK, long hair. Yeah, I I'd agree with that. The, the hair has to be a little longer. Yeah, so long hair, black suit. Maybe they uh, do a little twist of uh, the Lois and Clark from the original Earth One uh, prior to uh, the new 52 reboot. Maybe we see the black suit and it's the beard uh, that we got from that Clark. Yeah, the only, thing, the only thing that worries me about the black suit is I, I have a fear they're going to bring it back with a cape and it, it shouldn't have one. I don't think it's going to because we did see I will say we do know that shot with him with the S curl. Finally, he was in the traditional Superman suit and he had the little clip on points for the cape. So we do know he goes back to the red, red and blue uh, in that film. So so I okay. think we're going to see him in a short period of time in that film, probably in the second half in the black suit. And then we'll see him transition back over. So. OK, All right, that works. Um, and also staying in the realm of film, uh, we do know officially now, and it's been confirmed that Ray Fisher's cyborg will appear in the flash film. So we've been hearing a lot of rumblings about this for some time. And I think this is very wise because a lot of people don't know this character very well. We saw some shots of him already in that justice league trailer, uh, and a couple snippets in BBS in their little dossier moment. But I think this is a good way to get people more involved and invested into this character from Justice League. Now have him in the Flash, and then when his his solo film comes out, it's wise to be able to have maybe him and Flash uh, involved in that a little bit together as well. So I think this could this is a very smart move. Gives us a little bit more time to be invested in these characters. Um, and the last piece of news I personally have is Ben Queen has left Powerless as the showrunner over at NBC. This has been due to Warner Brothers. Queen himself and NBC having some creative differences. And this ultimately has left to the production being delayed, which was supposed to start, I believe, in the next two weeks. Uh, the pilot's already been shot. It was shown at San Diego Comic-Con. It had a great warm reception as well. And I know NBC has come out and said they're really, really want to make sure that this show is done right. It's got the right showrunner. And I really hope that this doesn't delay things, but this is slated to start, uh, start being aired in spring. So they do have some time. Yeah, yeah, there's still a little bit of time for them to get things done. It, it worried me a little bit that, you know, the showrunner had left due to creative differences. That never really equates well to a show. Um, but as you had mentioned to me before, too, the the um, the response at Comic-Con was actually really, really well praised. So uh, I'm looking forward. To, I'm still looking forward to the show. 
Yeah, I am too. And I mean, I think if, if you think about this too, yeah, production is delayed. But think about how long ago, like, you know, Flash and Supergirl and Arrow and all of them started shooting. That was only like a month ago. And the show starts in like <laughs> a month and a half from now. So it's not a big shock. I mean, they have up until spring. I'm sure there's somebody out there that's going to have the vision that they want. That's going to be working with DC and Warner Brothers creative to make sure that they do the show proper. And that's not uncommon with pilots, too, that a showrunner walks away after the pilot. So, yeah, I'm very curious to see where this is going to go. Um, yeah, I think you had one other point of news, too. Actually, I, I have three other points three. of news uh, real quick. All Arrow related, starting off first with the um, the episode four of season five of Arrow title has been revealed. Uh, that being Penance. Um, they're saying not no really. um uh, synopsis for the episode yet, but they're saying the title could suggest that I, Oliver is either going through like a voluntary self-punishment uh, as an expression of obviously penance, uh, or he's going to confess his sins to, to seek absolution for something that he's done in the past. Uh, so that episode has been uh, deeply titled. Also in some other Arrow news to some casting news that you did not mention, uh, Human Target is coming to Arrow. Uh, and he will be in episode five of the season. Uh, Christopher Chance, a.k.a. Human Target, who, as we know, is um, uh, a super bodyguard who can uh, he's pretty much a master of disguise and can disguise himself as anybody. So he's going to be coming. Uh, the casting notice went out and it's going to be played by Will Travell, who I'm not familiar with. Uh, Will Travell plays well-known DC Comics character Christopher Chance, a.k.a. Human Target, in episode 505, a professional bodyguard and master of disguise who assumes the identities of those targeted by assassins, his latest client, Mayor Oliver Queen. So that should uh, be pretty interesting when that episode comes up. And Aerith sounded beefy this season. Like, they are bringing a lot of people in. I'm telling you, that's one of the reasons why I'm excited that this could be a very strong season for Arrow. It can be. And I think I think what's going to be fun watching this season, too, is Oliver being kind of like the lead of all of this. Like we've seen him kind of relegated to the background a lot in the last two seasons and having him kind of become front and center of this team again, I think, is going to be awesome because it's a new crop of characters. Uh, and I think it's a wise move. And obviously, you know, we're going to see the classics return back into the fold. I'm sure we're going to see, you know, Diggle and Thea back into the mix within a few episodes easily yeah. after this new team has been established. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the last piece of news I have is unfortunately not a happy one. Uh, I think we reported on it last week that Colton Haynes was seen on set for Arrow, leading us to believe that he was going to be returning to the show, uh, at least for an episode or two. But in spite of rumors to the contrary and the photos that showed up, uh, it appears that former Arrow actor Colton Haynes is not confirmed for a season five guest appearance at this point. And this actually comes from the showrunner, uh, showrunner uh, Wendy Merkel. Uh, she says there are no current plans, though that doesn't eliminate the idea for writers pitching ideas that might bring Roy Harper back to city. Uh, she says we would have Roy back in a heartbeat if the circumstances come up and the right storyline presents itself. But as of now, that is not happening. Yeah, so it looks like it was just a set visit. So I hope he does come back, especially now that he's kind of feels like he's gotten back to himself again since I, we know he was suffering from some severe depression problems in the past. Yeah. Uh, took a little bit of a break from acting. I know he I think believe he's involved in a new TV show as well now. So I'm sure it's all going to come down to his shooting schedule and if he's available to, to be there. But I really hope that he does make an appearance again as Roy. Yeah, it'd be fun. 
So it'd be nice to come back. Even and like I said, we talked about this last week too. Even if we see um, Tommy Merlin show up in some capacity, even just for a quick, like a quick cameo in the show. Well, I think we're definitely going to see him this season, um, especially because we know that Laurel is going to be involved in the backstory stuff because um, yeah. we do know she's still a season regular on the show. So I would assume we're going to see both Tommy and her in, in some flashback stuff. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's understandable, too. Uh, before we get out of here, we have to do our regular thing, and that is to make some recommendations for you uh, before we head out. So, Rob, why don't we start with you? What is your recommendation for this week? Well, because that we have the return of the Cape Crusaders coming, I had to think of a little bit of animation that I thought was important for people to go back to. Um, and that was an episode of Batman the Animated Series, uh, specifically titled Beware the Grey Ghost, which is one of my favorite episodes of that show, which saw Bruce Wayne team up with a kind of a very much a 1940s-esque kind of serial character, which was the Grey Ghost himself, which was kind of his inspiration to become Batman. Uh, and that was season one, episode 18. And the reason I also bring this up is the Grey Ghost is played by none other than Adam West himself, which I thought was amazing to watch. Two of my favorite Batman uh, on a show uh, together. So having Ken and Kevin Conroy and Adam West together was something really, really special. And actually, it's kind of fun, too. The Great Ghost has now appeared in the DC Comics as well, uh, more specifically in Gotham Academy, where he's actually a playwright and a teacher at the school. Uh, I believe he's the drama teacher, so the character Simon Trent. So something kind of fun, a nice little nods. And he was even nodded in uh, Batman Arkham Knight as well. There was posters for the Great Ghost in the old movie theater as well, so something kind of special cool uh i'm going a little bit more modern uh as i did last week and i'm sticking with the rebirth series that is happening with dc right now uh and another good jumping point for anybody who is just getting into comic books but is also familiar with these tv uh shows that we that we talk about as well uh this past wednesday as part of uh the rebirth saga we saw supergirl rebirth uh, and I've read it, and it's actually really, really well done. Um, so my recommendation, since we did talk a lot about Supergirl and and the crossover and stuff like that, I'm actually recommending Supergirl Rebirth. Awesome uh, for the um, uh, for my recommendation for this week, as 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 well as a lot of the other rebirths that are going on. I'm still in the process of catching up on everything, but uh, no joke, I have read everything DC Rebirth, or at least some of everything DC Rebirth right now, and there's still a couple more that are still coming out that I'm looking forward to. I know there's a blue beetle rebirth that's going to be coming out soon. Um, I think there's another Batman begins rebirth. That's going to be happy or uh, yeah, Batman, Batman beyond um, rebirth. That's going to be happening soon. There's still a ton of these more coming out throughout the course of the year. So I'm, I'm trying to keep up with everything, but I'm reading it's, it. There's, all. there's a lot and there's one I'm really excited about that got delayed until early next year, which is uh super sons, which is a, uh, the son of Lois and Clark, uh, Jonathan Kent and um, Damian Wayne teaming up together. So basically, that's very, 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 very brash Damian Wayne dealing with uh, this very positive, lighthearted, fun kid that's got Superman's powers. So it's uh, that's something I'm really excited about. But I believe that's been pushed back until probably the first half of next year. So. OK. Yeah, so I mean, there's still a long ways that there's still going to be a bunch of these. Oh yeah, coming there's out. a lot of books still still to hit. I mean, they're still getting their stride. I mean, the books have been very positive. I've been enjoying just about everything they've been putting out. I'm still a couple of weeks behind, but yeah, DC Rebirth has been just a lot of fun. Yeah, it has been, and it's it's strange because 
uh, growing up and everything, I was never, with the exception of Superman, I was never a DC reader. I was Marvel everything. And I have literally put everything Marvel on hold and I am reading nothing but DC. And I'm actually loving it. I'm actually enjoying it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And it actually helps me a lot, too, because now I can listen to our friends over at Distress Citizens Radio and actually know what they're talking about. So, uh, But that's going to wrap things up for this week. Next week's issue, uh, not sure exactly just yet what we're doing. Uh, I'm sure we will figure it out, but we will for sure have another issue for you next week. Uh, leading up to our Gotham annuals, and then by that point, we're going to be back to business as usual with these shows returning. Oh, thank God. We don't have to keep scrounging for topics. <laughs> It'll be so much easier. I know. Well, <coughs> excuse me. We have stuff. It's just that we, like you said, we kind of just don't want to use it all now because we, we have to have stuff for next year, too. And the season breaks, so we've got a lot. We've got a lot of ground to cover. But we thank everybody for for sticking in with us while we're we're waiting for the shows to start back up. And it's still been fun talking about all these things. And, uh, you know, the annuals were a blast. Comic-Con was a blast. And, uh, yeah, it, it's always a blast to do this show and be able to report on this stuff and just get a chance to geek out with everybody. Yeah. As far as our love of these characters. Exactly. Uh, but cheap plugs. Let's go through this really quick so we can get out of here. We'll start with you, Rob. Uh, as always, you can find me at CaffeineCrew.com. You can always email me as well at TheCaffeineCrew at gmail.com and find us on Facebook at Caffeine Crew and then Twitter at TheCaffeineCrew. Uh, cool. Yeah, and this podcast as well as a number of other podcasts that we do are all part of the Next Level Podcast Network, which can be found nextlevelradioonline.com on Twitter at nxtlevelradio and facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. You can email myself, ben at nextlevelradioonline.com, or you can contact Rob and I together if you have any recommendations or anything you would like to hear us talk about in between the seasons or just to express your opinion on the shows as well. Uh, and that is DC Primetime at nextlevelradioonline.com. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this issue of DC Primetime. We hope you guys enjoy the remainder of your week. And until next week, we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Special thanks to George Shaw at georgeshawmusic.com. Thank you every week for all of uh, your tracks. And we love having you on the show. I almost forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no problem. Peace. See ya. <laughs>